You know, if I'd have been the only sinner in the world, Christ would have died just for me. And that goes true for you also. Amen. Take your Bible, if you would please, today to the book of Psalms 122. I finish today what I attempted to start last Sunday morning. You know, I read something this morning, and it says a religion that gives nothing, costs nothing, suffers nothing, is worth nothing. So if you're here today and you didn't give, if it hadn't cost you anything to serve God, and everything in your life is going smooth, Maybe you don't need any kind of Christianity. But if you serve God, it's going to cost you something. God might send some tests and tribulations along the way. But thank God, He's worth it all. Amen? I want to try to develop a thought. and Probably none of you need this, but I need this. I need to remind myself continually that the church don't need me near as much as I need the church. And when I talk about the church, I'm only talking about one. That's this one right here. And I want to talk to you today why I need Joshua Baptist Church. Now, if you gather anything from it, and if you uh, brought anything to put it in, and uh, it lands someplace in your lap, Uh, Wouldn't that be a blessing that I can preach to me and you can get something out of it? Isn't that something? I've been preaching to you for all these years and you haven't got anything out of it. I thought maybe I'd preach to me a while and see if you can glean something out of it. Psalms 122. Notice verse 1. If you would please kind of gather the enthusiasm that David probably is trying to put into verse number 1. Uh, He's really excited about something. He's not excited about March Madness. Louisville's not near as excited today as they were yesterday. Uh, Those uh, ball games, they kind of up and down. All, All this trivial stuff that we get so excited about. Yeah, the Mavericks, dear Lord. You almost need a pill to watch them take play a game. And if you don't, if you don't have a pill about halftime, you need to take one before the third quarter starts. The Cowboys, just hope your TV blows up. <laughs> Save all the headache and getting wound up, you know. But all these trivial things we get excited about. Our birthdays, Christmas, Easter, hunting rabbits. That lays eggs. Amen. We get really excited about that. David, I think if we read uh, this as David wrote it, I, I think maybe you can see some shout in it, if you would, please. I, I don't think David uh, uh, drug himself into church like dead flies has fallen off of him and landed in his favorite spot. Because he's still asleep when he came. The only reason he could find his spot because it smells like him. He'd been sitting there so long. And he didn't just fall in. Notice what David said. I was glad. (laughs) You like that? 
I was glad, David said. How long has it been since some of us have been glad? Now, we can handle that sad business. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, that, that's kind of a personal deal, you know. I was glad when they said unto me, now notice, be, be careful, let us, not me, but let us, you like that? Let us go into the house of the Lord. I wonder if there was anybody here this morning got up, hit the floor, and hit it glad. It's Sunday. It's the Lord's day. But you don't understand, preacher. I stayed up too late last night watching a late show. You can't hit the floor being glad when you sit up all night watching the late show. Is there anyone here today? Don't raise your hand. We ain't a voting. But if there's anybody today, I mean, got out of bed like you're sleeping in a toaster and you just pop right up, hit the floor, said, good morning, Lord. It's Sunday. You said, preacher, we still don't know it's Sunday. What do you mean? Early this morning. Now get a hold of this. Please get a hold of this. I know you've been going to church so long. That it's just got to be a habit. I know we've been going so long that if it ain't out by 12, we're out. But wouldn't it be something? Wouldn't it be absolutely tremendous? Wouldn't it be earth shaking if once again we realized what a wonderful opportunity it is to go to the Lord's house? Wouldn't it be something if it were not drudgery, but it was gladness and enthusiasm and excitement? (laughs) Wouldn't it be something if we could get as whooped up about this as we could race day at the racetrack? Cowboy playing at the big stadium and the Mavericks coming into. Wouldn't it be something if we could get so excited about serving God and coming to the house of God? You know what? Somebody might just make a mistake and shout. Why, they might get excited and start believing in an old-time religion. (laughs) Most of us, if the Holy Ghost were to grab us and say, Shut! You'd say, Shut your mouth. You're not embarrassing me in this stiff crowd. (laughs) Well, I'm having trouble getting you some some of you to smile, let alone to shout. David said, I was glad. I was glad when they said unto us, let us go in to the house of the Lord. Notice the last verse in the psalm, if you would, please. The Bible says this. He says, because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. Wonderful. I said last week we're living in a very lonely, lonely, lonely society. Howard Hughes was said to be worth, when he died, $4 billion plus. And he said on his deathbed, 
I'd give it all for one good friend. We're living in a lonely world. I reminded you last week that beer commercials do not sell beer. They sell fellowship. Always a happy crowd. Always the facade outside that Miller Lite's going to make everything lighter. When all it is doing is promoting fellowship. The church of the Lord Jesus Christ is a place of fellowship. Let me share something with you if you would please. I mentioned last week that I get several things out of church when I come. You need to get something out when you come. It's not all offerings. You need to take something with you when you leave. And when I come to church, let me tell you, when I come to Joshua Baptist Church, it provides for me worship. Now let me tell you what that does. That helps me keep my focus on God. Everything outside these walls is begging for your attention and your focus. Your job, your kids, uh, uh, the economy, politics, everything in the world outside of this church. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all week long, somebody's kind of grabbed your focus, trying to get your attention, and they are very successful at it, if you please. If we could just manage to have a quiet time with God every day, it would help. But I dare say if I had hands raised today of everybody who got along with God and got their Bible and prayed and sought the face of God daily, I believe many of us would fail because we're too focused on everything else in the world. The Bible said that the devil is at the roaring lion, roaming about seeking whom he may devour. Would it be possible... That the lion has turned the tables on us. It always fascinated me of those lion trainers in a cage. They got a pistol. But they never use it. They've got a whip. And they never hit the lions with it. They just crack it. And then they've got a stool. I know that never bothered you. But I always wondered why. That the lion trainer, in facing this beast, this ravaged beast, he never had his gun. Now, if I was training lions, I would sit down on the stool, take aim, and bang! Show over. You say, not me. I would say, pussy cat. No, you just said that a while. And then I thought, as a deep thinker that I am, why, Jim, a stew? And so I thought I'd look it up in the dictionary under stew. Didn't help much. (laughs) Then I looked it up under lion. That even helped less. 
Then I looked up stupid lion trainer. Didn't find it. I've come to the conclusion, why the trainer has a stool. I bet you know why. Because a stool has four legs. And the lion tries to focus on four things at one time and becomes frustrated, weak, anemic because he lost his focus. Think maybe the roaring lion that roameth about seeking whom he may devour has grabbed the stool and now he's poking that four-footed thing in our face and we are focused on everything in the world except what God wants us to focus on. And that's the reason I need Joshua Baptist Church because once a week I can come back and sit down in an old-fashioned church and listen to some old-fashioned music and listen to old-fashioned preaching and have some old-fashioned fellowship and talk about an old-fashioned God and get my focus once again back where it really belongs. That's why I need Joshua Baptist Church. It not only provides focus. When I come to Joshua Baptist Church, it provides fellowship. And I'm glad of that. Uh, You say, I don't like you. You say, you don't like me. But we both like Jesus and that ought to settle that little deal. Because he died for his enemies. Can you say amen? And so if he's willing to die for his enemies, you ought to be able to live with your enemies. Fellowship, folk. I I just believe we need fellowship. And when I come to Joshua Baptist Church, uh, it just helps me. You help me. You encourage me. And when you're not here, you discourage me. And when you discourage me, I'm going to come here and tell you, you discourage me. You say, I'm going to get mad and pout. Well, just get glad in the same britches you got mad in then. Because Christians are to encourage one another. That's what the church is for, to come together as a family. To get around the table of God. To share with one another. To encourage one another. To suffer with one another. To rejoice with one another. That's what this is for. And when I come to church, I get all of that at church. I get fellowship. You see, I I don't... I, I just... You remember my little story about goose sense? Well, I'm not telling it to you again. That costs extra. Thirdly, Joshua Baptist Church provides for me discipleship. It helps me to fortify my faith. Helps me fortify my faith. Joshua Baptist Church helps me keep the world out and God in. 
Joshua Baptist Church builds a fence, if you please, spiritually around my faith that keeps the devil at bay and keeps the adversaries at bay and keeps the demons at bay and keeps worldliness at bay. And when I come to church, I get my focus back on God. I fellowship with God's saints and it helps me fortify my faith in Jesus Christ. Well, preacher, I don't need the church. How's it going? I can come when I want to. I know you can. And you do. But Jude 4 says, Earnestly contending for the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. Everything just about I know about this book, I learned in a local New Testament Baptist church. I went off to cemetery and died for a while. But I went back to church and got alive for a while. My Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Yesterday I was amazed and Friday night I was amazed as these ladies opened the word of God and spoke the word of God to other ladies. And I'm saying to you, you will never, never be a disciple of Christ until you are hungry for the word of God. I may say to you today that salvation is free, but discipleship will cost you your life. Discipleship is not just doing what you want to when you want to. Discipleship is making yourself available, bless your heart, to the call and purpose of God in your life. And then when I come to church, I'm encouraged, encouraged to become a disciple for Jesus Christ. I'm losing a lot of my amens. That's why I'm yelling loud. (laughs) Discipleship is not only learning the word of God, but it's applying the word of God to your life. I believe that with all my heart. But what is the matter now? What is wrong in America is we have adopted a different attitude about Christianity. We have adopted the attitude I'm going to. I am going to. I was reading recently about how the Eskimos in Canada and Greenland have an interesting but a very cruel means by way of hunting bear. And what they do, they they find a real thin bone, preferably a wolf bone, and they sharpen it on both ends to real needle-piercing sharp. And then by a process only known to them, they get the bone to where it's pliable, and they roll it and twist it and let it dry that way. And then they fill the center of this bone with, uh, with some kind of, uh, uh, of blubber. They freeze it. And then they take this bone that's jagged on both ends and they, 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 they lay it in the bear's path. And the bear comes along and smells the blubber. And in one gulp, the bear inhales the blubber, not knowing 
that there is a bone inside twisted with jagged sharp ends. The moment the bear eats the blubber, the bear is dead. He does not know it. But every step he takes, that bone moves and pierces and cuts his intestines until the bear moves and twists until the bear actually internally bleeds to death. It's not a matter, is he going to die? The moment he takes the bait, he's dead. The Eskimos just merely follow the tracks of the bear until they find the bear dead. The same is true of the person who says, I'm going to do it my way. It's not, are you going to die? It's not, are you going to betray the Lord? You just did. The same is true about that one that says, I will do it my way now. And then later, when I get everything laid by and all the crops done, then I'll serve God. You're dead while you're walking. You know why I need Joshua Baptist Church? Keep me from picking up the worldly bones in the world. That as I go down life's highway, I'm a walking dead man. Oh, I need you. I need your encouraging words. I need your just off the cuff phone call. Seven ten in the morning. Six four one one seven oh four. He calls. I say, What do you want, Brother Ed? Nothing. I just thought you needed a worming. I need you. You need us. Don't pick up the flavored traps of this old world until you're bitter and angry and disgusted and discouraged walking spiritually dead. Now, I don't know about you, but I need Joshua Baptist Church. Jesus knew what he's doing when he said, I will build my church. And David knew what he is doing when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go in to the house of the Lord. Amen. You said, that's not very good preaching. It's the best you're going to get around here in a while. Worship, yes. Fellowship, yes. 
11.48, yes. Discipleship, yes. And Joshua Baptist Church provides for me a ministry. A ministry. That helps me to discover and develop my abilities and gifts that God has given only to me. Joshua Baptist Church enables me and helps me to develop and discover my natural abilities, talents, and my spiritual gifts that I was given when I got saved. Were not for the church, I would not even know there's such a thing as a spiritual gift. The Bible speaks much of talented individuals. Talents given by God to benefit the secular, the social, and the spiritual. I I think there's more to life than just spiritual. I think there is a social social, uh, area and I believe there is a secular area. I think all of those ought to have a spiritual uh, shroud and a spiritual oversight, but I I just, I'm sorry, I'm kind of secular every once in a while. The Bible says that David was a talented musician and songwriter. There are, there is music that is not spiritual that I get enjoyment out of. Now, it's not you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. It's not that you got the gold mine and I got the ring. (laughs) Told on yourself, didn't you? It's not rap. Rap makes me and my wife fight. And I'm tired of losing, so I don't listen to it. But there, yeah, there, are, there is music that, that God has blessed people with the ability to play, to sing. David was a tremendous songwriter and poet. Uh, uh, po- uh, wrote poetry throughout the book, and he's, he's a great poet. Uh, Exodus 28 and 1 Kings 7 talks about the embroiderers and the engravers that God used to, to, to make his house one of the greatest wonders in all the world. Men that embroidered. I, I kind of, I haven't got into that yet. That's more of Jim's talent, I think. (laughs) So ladies, next time you have a quilting party, invite Jim. What you would only have been in. (laughs) Psalms 45 talks about the skilled, the skilled writers that God blessed to write. Solomon, it said in 1 Kings 4, 
wrote several songs for the benefit. And I look around Joshua Baptist Church and it took skill to do this right here. Everybody walks in this church is overwhelmed at the beauty, the simplicity, but the beauty and the craftsmanship. I am glad that about 150 years ago when Billy was born, (laughs) that God looked down through the ages of time. And this is Billy's legacy. This. Brother Pickett, I would rather have Brother Pickett in charge of my special music than all the professors in all the world. He has a talent to hear. That's the reason I don't sing around him. He's too critical. I know how good I can sing. He does not have to remind me. You want a horse shod? Ed Bader. You want a horse broke? Ed Bader. You want one broke without bucking? Ed Bader. You want somebody bucked off? Me. I went, Andrew and I just went last week, just go down to see Brother Clint and his dad. This guy is a craftsman beyond all reason. The greatest saddle builders in all of this country. Fourth generation, right? Great. And you ought to see what he can do. It's just overwhelming. God has blessed this church with talent beyond measure. Singing talent, piano talent, just talent beyond measure. I've been in church for 40 some years. I had not found any talent yet, but I'm still looking. Are you listening to me? It's here that many singers have learned how to sing in that choir. They've learned to hear. They've learned the part. They've learned to sing harmony. They've learned to sing specials. These men have developed talent beyond measure. We have no earthly idea what has taken place. It's here. It's right here. It's right here. You will discover the talent God has blessed you with. And the gifts God has blessed you with. And it will be here that God will allow us to help you develop that talent. And help you develop that gift. And when Brother Pickett listens to you sing and he makes a suggestion, listen to him. Look how old he is. (laughs) You're bound to pick up something along the way if you're as old as Brother Pickett. And all he's doing is reinforcing what I've picked up along the way. Get mad at him. Although it originated with me. Teachers. Before I came in this morning, I wanted to wait just a little while to watch the buses as they came in. 
And I watch teenagers being trained to win people to Christ. I watched old people get off the bus because they had driven the bus that day. This is a training place. This is a boot camp. This is to get the soldiers ready. This is to let you see what you've got and what you can use. And let us help you develop that. That's why I need Joshua Baptist Church. Because of ministry. Are you listening to me? Paul said, Timothy, neglect not the gift that is given thee. Again, wherefore I put thee into remembrance that thou stir up the gift that is in thee. Stir up means to rekindle. Stoke it up a little bit. Get the flame going again. You say, preacher, I used to. Shut up and get to doing it now. Rekindle it, ladies and gentlemen. Stoke it up. Get a little bit of fire. And you'll find that in the house of God. He said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Because the Bible said very plainly, it did say, yes, because of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek thy good. You say, preacher, how many more points you got? Just about done. I need Joshua Baptist Church because of worship, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, and evangelism. Because evangelism helps me fulfill my mission in life. That is to win my family and my friends. To the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't blame this church if your family goes to hell and you're saved. It's not the church's responsibility to win your family. It's the church's responsibility to give you the enthusiasm and the material and the message and the backbone to go win them yourself. Now, just quit blaming me for how your kids turned out. It's enough blame for how mine turned out. (laughs) Psalms 96 and 2. How many believe the Bible? Sing unto the Lord. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. How many believe the Bible? Psalms 107 verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Hey, look, man, that's what we're to do. We're to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Isaiah 52 and verse 7. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him that bringeth good tidings. Daniel 12 and verse 3. They that shall be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they shall turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. The fruit of the righteous, the tree of life, and he that when a soul says, a wise man said, not me, a wise man said, there are two great days in a person's life. 
great days in your life. Number one. The day you were born. Number two. The day you realize why. You were born. I didn't know that. Until I stumbled into an old time. New Testament. Independent. Soul winning. Baptist church. And just as a young Christian. On fire for God. Going soul winning my preacher. Not two, three weeks after I'd been saved. Sitting in his car. Just before I got out after going soul winning one night. Brother Williams kind of retained me and said, wait a minute, Gene. I had a tool and die shop, 22 men working for me. Four little toe-headed rats running around the house. So broke a need of cosigner to pay cash. Before I slid out of the car, my preacher looked at me. He said, Gene, if you don't win souls, you won't be worth a dime to God. It's here you'll discover your purpose. You think you're here just to suck up God's air? Occupy your little space in a pew? You mean that's why Christ died for you? God died that we all might have a mission. You say, preacher, we've got a church. Christ met unbelievers where they were. He realized many Christians today still don't understand that cultivators have to get out into the field to have any crops. According to one count, the gospel records 132 contacts that Jesus had with people. 132 contacts in the gospels. Six times he met people in the temple. Four times in the synagogue, 122 times, he met them out there where they lived. Isn't it amazing? I'm done. Could I please uh, Ladies, did you like them sandwiches yesterday? took me a long time to make them. We had 10 five foot long sandwiches. I had my favorite ingredient in those, bologna. I love bologna. You ever notice most Baptists love bologna too? Remind me of that day, a fellow was mowing the yard and he got tired and just left his lawnmower there in the yard. Went in the house to get him something to drink. And an energetic fly flew up and landed on the handle of the lawnmower. Two little kids going to school, the fly sat there and watched the kids as they were on their way to school. Ha! One little boy tripped over a crack in the sidewalk. 
and dropped his lunch. You know how kids are. They just scrambled it up and took off. Unknowing to the kid, he left a piece of baloney laying on the sidewalk. The fly had not eaten in several hours. He's sitting there on that lawnmower handle, eyeballing that piece of baloney. Kind of like JT yesterday with them sandwiches. We cut them in about that size. JT said, could I try that one and see if it's any good? I said, it'll taste just like the last nine, JT. (laughs) The fly is eyeing that piece of baloney. Finally, he gets up the courage and flies down and swoops down and lands right in the middle of that piece of baloney and sits there and eats till his heart's desire. He ate and ate. He's a Baptist fly, had no, no discipline at all. He just ate and ate and ate. Finally, he ate so much baloney, sucker couldn't fly no more. He tried to get his wings and get it up. He couldn't get the propeller to get it up on. So he crawls across the yard and staggers up the wheel of that lawnmower onto the motor, hops on the, the, the handle and walks up and perches himself on the lawnmower again, proud, full, and satisfied. Say, so what's this got to do with the sermon? Nothing. <laughs> and he kept eyeballing that baloney. He's full. So full he can't fly. But he can't get his eye off of that baloney. What you got your eye on? <laughs> Finally, temptation overrides him. He gets his little old wings of fluttering. Flies down toward that baloney and could not fly. And he hit the ground, splat, and died. Splat. Now the moral of this story is, don't fly off the handle if you're full of baloney. What are you full of? What's got you so yanked in the spirit that you're not like you used to be? What's dried up the tear in your eye over sinners dying and going to hell? What changed you from a preacher that you used to respect to one now you do not respect? What did you fly off the handle about? What you uptight about? What kind of baloney you got that's keeping you from getting all of this out of Joshua Baptist Church? Remember the fly? Splat. That's where some of your Christianity's gone. That's where your joy is gone. You know why? Man, don't fly off the handle. 
if you're full of baloney. Full of baloney, get rid of the baloney. Well, I'll tell you, wasn't for Joshua Baptist Church, I'd probably be full of baloney too. Because I, I wouldn't realize I need to worship. So I get just sidetracked, multipurposed, going to serve God and serve the boss. No, you ain't. Going to serve God and serve money. No, you're not. Did you hear that? How long ago was it that you went splat? Well, I tell you, I don't know about you, but I need Joshua Baptist Church. 